0: One of my all-time favorite movies is a movie I watched when I was a little kid. It's called Home Alone. Now, in preparing for this homily, one of the things that saddened me is that I realized there are some of you who have may never seen this movie, and that made me very sad. It made me feel old. I'm not that old, but it made me feel that old. But in the movie, there's a child who is home alone. And initially, this young boy, Kevin, he's about eight or nine years old, is ecstatic because his family are jerks to him at the very beginning of the movie. And so he's so happy when he has the house all to himself. But eventually, a nine-year-old, as most of us would be even beyond the age of nine, became scared that he was home alone. And his parents, frightened for him and looking out for his safety, called from across the ocean to, to have the police go and check on the house. And when the police went and banged on the door, he was so scared he ran and he hid under his parents' bed. And eventually, he comes to his senses. He's like, I'm, I'm a man. You know, I'm nine years old. I'm not afraid. And so, and so just lifted up, Is he chest puffed out, that he goes and he even opens the front door and goes out into the cold and screams, I'm not afraid anymore. And then he sees the next-door neighbor, who his older brother had convinced him was a serial killer, and he screams... And he runs back into the house. How often in our life do we feel like we're ready to take on the world? Take on our brokenness. Take on the things that weigh us down with confidence. We may not scream to the wind, but we are going to take on the world. We are going to be successful. We are going to overcome our fears. And then we hit that obstacle, that challenge. Or we fall back into that behavior and we, like a scared nine-year-old boy, run and hide. We don't make any progress. How often in your life have you said, today is the day that I'm going to change this relationship or be a better student or diet or exercise or take on the sins of my life. And how often do you that day or within a couple days fall back into those patterns of behavior, fall into that temptation or give up on it because the road is too hard and too difficult. But friends, St. Paul tells us in the letter to the Galatians that for freedom, Christ Jesus has set you free. He has overcome the world. But in order for us to be a part of that redemption and salvation, we must take on our own weaknesses, our brokenness, and our wounds. And we must do so with confidence, and as our scripture passages today tell us very clearly, with perseverance. This past week, I was really blessed, privileged to be on a retreat for a couple of days with priests from all over the country. It's part of the amazing parish movement. It's been a huge inspiration for me as a pastor and especially in leadership here at St. Paul Catholic Center. And One of the things we talked about was our wounds, our brokenness. And it's important for us to do that. Dr. Bob Schutz has a great book. It's called Be Healed. I would recommend it to anyone. If you're a student or a prisoner and you would like the book, I will give you a copy. I have like seven or eight copies in my office. I will give you a copy after Mass. So If there's more than seven or eight people, I will buy you a copy. It's a great book. Because what Dr. Bob, who's a psychologist, comes to realize in his own healing ministry, both psychological and spiritual, is that so often we get so concerned about the seven deadly sins about the areas where we are truly and clearly broken, where we fall away from God and choose to hurt ourselves or others. Lust, gluttony, envy, wrath, pride, all of those sins. But what Dr. Bob does in this book, which is so helpful to us, is he says, yes, those sins are true, but oftentimes if we just address the action, we don't get to the underlying wound, the brokenness that is there, that needs to be healed and that takes time to be healed. And he says, there are seven deadly sins, yes, but there are also seven deadly wounds that we are all walking around with in some way, shape, or form. Powerlessness, shame, confusion, hopelessness, fear, abandonment, rejection. If you're anything like me, when you hear that list, you see all of those things in some way, shape, or form in your life. And it's painful to have to recognize that even simple things in my life have led to these wounds, have led to me lying to myself and embracing the lie of who I am. How often in my own life do I see myself through those wounds? And this last week and over the past few months, I've just been praying through this book and working through this, I've come to realize that there's a lot of fear in my own life. There's a lot of shame and also rejection. And as much as I would like to just power through that, to go outside and to scream, I'm not afraid anymore. When I hit those obstacles, I too, like that little boy in the movie, go running. Because I know of the challenge that's in front of me. Because all of these things are wrapped up. All of these things come from, for me at least, you know, in, in two major, the two major wounds in my life were two relationships that I had very different relationships. One was just, all, all in all, just a terrible relationship that I thought was great for a very long time, but it wasn't. The other one was a very long, deep, intimate friendship that ended in just like total rejection. But because of those things, I carry the wounds with that. Because in those two relationships, I bore my heart, and in some way, shape, or form was rejected, I'm afraid of vulnerability. I'm afraid of intimacy. I'm afraid of being rejected. And there's so much shame in my heart that is attached to sins that haven't been a part of my life for nigh 20 years. But so often in my life when I go to God, I go ashamed and disgusted. I see myself and I've given into that lie of that's who I am. But friends, we have a Redeemer who has entered into our life. Our Redeemer is God incarnate. God has emptied himself and taken on all that the world has to offer except sin so that you and I can be free. In my prayer this past week, when I was saying to God, I am afraid, he said, Jesus said to me, he didn't really say this, but just in the silence of my heart I felt this, I was afraid too. I was afraid too. In the garden, I even asked God to take this cup from me. But love conquers fear. Fear. And I said to God, okay, all right, I, I get that, all right, fair enough, you're right. But I'm, I, 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 I feel like I'm going to be rejected if I do that. I feel like I've done this before, and it's only hurt me. And Jesus was saying to me, you know, in my hour of greatest need, all but one of my friends ran away from me. My best friend denied even knowing me three times. I still loved him anyway. I still died for him and rose from the dead for him. Okay, Lord, but I'm I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed of those things that I've done, those things that I still do. And God said to me, he said, Patrick, I was stripped naked and nailed to a tree in front of my mother. There is nothing in this world that is more shameful than that. Jesus took all of those things onto himself so that I, so that you could be set free. And what does he ask of us? To be faithful, to persevere, to choose him again and again and again. He doesn't say you have to be perfect in every aspect. He says, keep getting up. Do not be afraid. And God's love for us is so perfect, it's not just in that one historical act of his death, but he also comes to us In the scriptures, as St. Paul tells us so beautifully in that second letter to to Timothy today, that the scriptures are such a source of blessing for us. But because God loves us even more, because he loves us perfectly, he gives us his word and he gives us his very self. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter the weights and and the worries and the scars and the wounds you carry, when you go to confession, God forgives your sins. When you come to Mass, He gives you His body, His blood, His soul, and divinity. He gives you everything. He is never outdone in generosity. And why does He do this? For eternity. Because He loves you and He wants to set you free. 44 years ago, St. John Paul II, today, was elected Pope. And he came out onto the balcony and he said to the world, be not afraid. And there isn't a person in the world who would have marked him wrong if he was afraid. He who had grown up and had suffered all sorts of personal tragedies. He who had grown up under the scourge of Nazism and Communism. He had every right to be afraid. And yet he looked at the world, and at the start of his papacy, a man who had persevered in prayer... A man who, like you and me, was wounded, who was broken, but kept coming again and again and again to Jesus, and he was not afraid. And he was inviting us into that same freedom, imperfect as he was, imperfect as we are. And then at the end of his life, as he was literally withering away in front of the world, he said this to the church. We are not the sum of our weaknesses and failures. We are the sum of the Father's love for us and our real capacity to become the image of his Son, Jesus. We are not our fears. We are not our wounds. We are beloved sons and daughters of God. But we must, as Jesus invites us to today in the Gospel, say this again and again and again. Because the lie will confront us, because the world will object to us, because the obstacles are real. We need to claim daily in our prayer life. This is why we must pray without ceasing, because even if we don't recognize what's going on, we are in relationship with God and that changes us. And so we have to stand up and claim who am I? And for me, it's I am a beloved son who is confident in doing the will of the Father and unafraid to love and to be loved. And I have to say that every day, sometimes thousands of times a day, and especially even in these few days coming off the retreat, there have been obstacles, there have been difficulties, there have been times where I've thought to myself, how can I say that? And this is the other thing that God gives us, not only persevere in prayer, but we see it in the first reading. When Moses is tired, Aaron and her are there to lift him up. We are not given faith in a vacuum. You are made for relationship. And you need others to lift you up in those times of need, in those times of difficulty, when you cannot hold yourself up. But friends, when we do this, when we root our identity deeply in the Lord, when we talk with Him continually, when we invest deeply in others, we are free. And when the Son of Man comes, and He will come for all of us, we can look with Him, look into His eyes, not with fear, but with confidence, with joy, with peace. Because for freedom, you have been set free in Christ Jesus.